Treffer and welcome to this special edition 002 of Scary Time Story. Let us begin. I'm so sorry, Mrs. Sailor, but you are going to die. Mrs. Sailor soon realized that people are not dying in hospitals from COVID. They are dying from these protocols. Sailor went in for a monoclonal antibody infusion with the request that she be given the early treatment protocols prescribed through the Frontline Critical Care Alliance, FLCCC, which included the use of ivermectin and budesonide. However, the staff discovers that she was <gasps> unvaccinated. And then the whole tone changed. Miss Sailor quickly lost the right to advocate for her own medical care. She was forced to wait 26 hours before she finally got a bed in the ICU, but was told no family members are allowed. And now this is where she met Jing, Dr. Jing Quack, and he's the one that told her she was going to die because she was unvaccinated. I didn't come here to die, she says. Quack pushed her to take Remdesvir, a drug known to cause kidney failure. She repeatedly asked for a different doctor, but her pleas went unanswered and Quack remained in charge. In 2018, President Donald Trump signed the Right to Try Act into law, which allowed patients with life-threatening diseases who have exhausted all other options to try certain unapproved treatments. Quack had given Sailor a terminal diagnosis, which meant that she was entitled to this treatment, but the hospital denies the treatments. Also denied was her right to see a priest to administer last rites. Sailor quickly came up with a plan. She said, I'll agree to a round of Remdesvir if you'll let me see a priest. Quack agreed. And then when it came time for the Remdesvir treatment, she denied it. And Quack and staff were enraged. Every day, Sailor would say, I want a new doctor. But every day, the same one returned. One day, Sailor's daughter had to access her online records, where she found that Sailor was classified as DNR. Do not resuscitate. But Sailor says she's not supposed to be listed as DNR. And she would constantly tell them, I'm not a DNR. And the, the staff would smile and say, oh, but you are. She said, and the staff said, in order for you to be resuscitated, you have to go on the ventilator. Boom, 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 boom. We know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. That's the final stage that ends in death. In a September 7th conference titled Remdesvir Death, landmark lawsuit in Fresno, California, two attorneys announced lawsuits against their three hospitals for what they allege are the hospitals using Remdesvir without informed consent, leading to wrongful death. The lawsuit addressed what the attorneys called the Remdesvir Protocol in which the patients may be admitted to the hospital, often for problems unrelated to COVID-19, and then diagnosed with COVID-19 or COVID 
pneumonia. The patients are then isolated and malnourished before being told remdesivir is their only treatment option, according to the lawsuit. The patients are also placed on a BiMAP machine, which uses pressure to push oxygen into the lungs at a high rate. Patients' hands are often tied down. The, the final stage of the protocol is intubation, at which point the patients die an average of nine days after being admitted. In the end, the hospital can get up to $500,000 in reimbursement per patient for the protocol, according to the lawsuit. The number of people who say they've had family members die in hospitals at the hands of what they call the death protocols continues to surface. However, for many of them, their loved ones' deaths left them with inconceivable stories of administrative cruelty. Patients and families are scared into accepting treatments such as remdesivir without being informed about the risks such as kidney failure. Families have reported that physicians will tell them that the patient needs oxygen and rest. Then the oxygen is used to such a high degree that later a ventilator is required because the lungs are damaged. When a patient tries to remove the BiPAP mask, they are deemed agitated and given sedatives, leaving them at the mercy of hospital staff, many have reported, while being denied access to basic nutrition, hygiene, and exercise. For Mrs. Saylor, the lack of nutrition caused her hair loss, and she developed a fungal infection called thrush because no one removed her BiPAP mask to clean her mouth. Ew. Saylor said the doctors and nurses wouldn't allow her to even sit up resulting in bed sores and she eventually lost her ability to walk. After two days on a catheter that she said was forced on her because nurses told her that they couldn't take her to the bathroom, she got another infection from the catheter. Things are getting worse. People are dying around me, Sailor says. Now, Sailor's husband, a former nurse and U.S. Army veteran, called 911 to have the Plano Police Department perform a welfare check. The police arrived, and Sailor pleaded her case. They're going to murder me, she says. And the officer responds, We don't have a protocol for this. And he leaves. Having exhausted all the options, Brad Saylor and Saylor's daughter, who had been contacting politicians for help, came up with a plan to get her out of the hospital and to take her home. Brad Saylor set up oxygen and obtained medications with the help of a home consultation service and Dr. Richard Bartlett's protocols, which emphasized the use of budsonide, she said. I'm probably butchering that, aren't I? Her husband says, I'm going to get you out of there. Brad arrived with a cease and desist letter and two pieces of patients' rights legislation. The Texas Senate Bill 572 and 2211. The state's House and Senate bills prohibit hospitals from denying visitation, including clergy visitation during disasters such as COVID-19 pandemic. 
but Quack found a loophole in the House bill where it says the doctor can write an order for five days limiting visitation to one person and then renew that order. And that's exactly what Quack did. However, Quack still broke the premise of that bill because she wasn't allowed any visitors. The Senate bill, which was written by Senator Bob Hall, permits spiritual counselors. This was written to include family members, which is why Brad was brandishing the legislation to invoke himself as the spiritual head of the family, Sailors said. Hall was involved, this is the Senator Hall, who was, in, who was involved in making calls to the hospital to petition for Sailors' care has been outspoken against the commandeering of medical practices by the government. In June 2022, the Texas Senate Committee on Health and Human Services held a hearing where families testified about their loved ones' experiences with the medical system during the pandemic. In a statement to the Epic Times, Hall said he anticipates future hearings after the committee heard the personal testimonies. Patients and doctors must be empowered to make decisions on treatment protocols without fear of threats and intimidation if they differ from government-mandated procedures. Hall says. It was the persistence of Sailor's husband and daughter, Hall said, that made Sailor one of the few hospital COVID patients to get out of the hospital in time to survive. Echoing Sailor's earlier statement, more people died in hospitals because of hospital policies than died of COVID. In a statement to the Epic Times, a Medical City Plano spokesperson said, Like other hospitals in our area, our hospital relies on licensed independent physicians who use their extensive training and experience to assess the patient's needs and determine the course of treatment. We support our physicians by giving them information and resources, including the latest research, to help them provide the best possible care to our patients. Of the many consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic, the erosion of confidence in the medical profession's best possible care has been the most damaging, Hall says. The circumstances triggered a number of egregious policies and practices never before seen in our modern hospitals. Patients were isolated from their families and loved ones, intimidated or coerced into receiving medical protocols with which they disagreed and in some cases outright neglected. Government-mandated protocols which did more harm than good added fuel and distrust to this fire. Brad, her husband, had gone beyond the stage of distrust when he entered the hospital and somehow charged his way to the ICU as security chased him. He was told to leave. You're not going to murder my wife. She's coming home with me. Mr. Sailor says. From here, it became almost like an all-day hostage negotiation with six police officers who were there not to help them, but to make Brad leave. Or another way to say it is to help Mrs. Sailor die, to make sure that she died. Well, Hall, the senator, got involved, telling Brad not to resist officers if he was arrested. Sailor said while one of the doctors told her that if she were to leave with Brad, she would die. And she said, I told her that if I died, I'd prefer it be with Brad trying to save me rather than die at your hands because I know for certain I will die at your hands, Sailor says to the quack. 
Sailor needed a wheelchair because her legs didn't work due to lack of physical therapy. When she was packed and ready to leave, Sailor said the floor nurse led them out through what he called the shortcut, which turned out to be the way through the morgue, where the funeral homes pick up dead bodies. I think it was to send a message. Mrs. Sailor responds, or says, Despite the physician telling Brad Sayle that his wife wouldn't make it 24 hours if she left the hospital, she lives today to tell her story. It wasn't easy, Gail Sellers says, the victim, and her healing at home had more to do with recovering from her experience at the hospital than from the virus itself. However, it was Bartlett's treatment that saved her life. Everything he put in place works. I started to improve right away. The sailors later contacted their state representative who contacted Health and Human Services, Human Services HHS, to conduct an investigation. Oh, good. We're going to get to the bottom of this. However, HHS assigned the investigation to, wait for it, the hospital, which concluded that the hospital had done a stellar job. So I commit a murder, and the judge assigns me to investigate the murder I committed. That sounds about right. No one contacted us, and they certainly didn't look at our medical records, because if anything, even making someone a DNR when they tell you they are not a DNR is against the law. The sailors were sure no one would believe their story, but as they continued to tell it on podcasts and radio interviews, more and more people contacted them to share their own experiences. The sailor managed to escape the hospital and recover, but she said most of the stories she hears from other people don't have happy endings, leaving those families racked with guilt when they realize what took place. What we're seeing is doctors aren't being honest with the patient. And by the time you realize that they're harming you, you're, you've not only been harmed, you've also been gaslit and you can't just leave. You're on a high flow of oxygen and you're told if you leave, you'll die. If you get intubated, the only way to out is to be transferred to another hospital. Or to the morgue, I guess. Patients have generally had the right to to advocate for their own medical treatment and even deny recommendations. But with the emergency declarations related to COVID, hospital staff have been given authority over patients. They've historically not had in the past, Sailor, uh, Sailor says. In some cases, patients have been given remdesivir and other medications not only without informed consent, but also after the patient had put in writing that they didn't want the drug. Despite this overreach being exercised in hospitals, Brad and the sailor's daughter were able to bring enough attention to the case through networking with Hall and Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who also had been treated there in addition to Hall, made several calls to the hospital on the sailor's behalf. But sailor said she suspects is why the staff had to eventually acquiesce to letting Brad remove her. The sailors were also helped by the legal team of Paul M. Davison Associates in Frisco, Texas, a firm that's representing clients who have also gone through the hospital protocols.
This sounds like a movie, huh? Hospital protocols. There have been cases in which people have just walked out, but they are rare. Once you enter the hospital, you're in the medical matrix, and the only way out is through death or if someone comes and takes you out. Today, Sailor's mission is to bring awareness by sharing her story and the stories of others. My goal is to keep people out of hospitals because this truly is a hospital holocaust. That's a good title right there. So, folks, um, what you think about that? This is Epic, Epic Times story, and it's titled Woman Escapes COVID-19 Hospital Treatment Protocols, Says Others Not So Lucky, by Matt McGregor, dated September 15th of this year. And I just wanted to read that to you because everything in there is factual. So one of the things I want to mention here is if you're in the healing community, uh, a medical doctor, nurse, don't you take an oath to do no harm? So here you have this medical staff that took an oath to do no harm, doing harm. And the hospital gets $500,000. So, I mean, it, what if you personally got the $500,000? That might make it a little more understanding to the rest of us, but the hospital gets the 500000 So why would you be an evil person and breaking your own laws that you swore not to break to give your employee $500,000? And your salary doesn't change. Your pay doesn't change. The other point I want to make is I don't like Obama, Biden, but I would never put them through this kind of treatment because I didn't like them. I would not do this to my enemy. There's such a moral ingrained code burned deep inside me that says this is wrong, period. So what's fascinating to me is not so much the story as is the people committing acts of evil in the story. How do you take delight in mistreating another human being to the point of death? But mistreating in the, in the very beginning or because they didn't have the same political ideologies as you. Because remember, this started when they discovered she was not vaccinated. So, everything went downhill from there. And they wouldn't let her have visitors. Wouldn't even let her see a priest. Wouldn't let her see family members. I had a similar experience. My mom had to go to the emergency room. And she's 87 years old. And... I, I was almost arrested, let's just put it to the short, <clears throat> because of this COVID-19 bull stuff. So, who? it's certainly hard for me to believe that there are people out there who are perfectly comfortable committing acts of evil on other people to the point of death, and not even getting paid to do it. What do you do with that? How do you handle that? How... Are you okay with that?
she came in for her usual thing and she had hair loss she had sores because the nurses didn't want to treat her because she was unvaccinated and she lost the ability to walk there's the story um, hope you enjoyed the story time thank you so much for watching and listening please subscribe please give us feedback and you can reach out to us at the Greg and Dave show at outlook.com so that's the Greg N as in the letter N Dave show at outlook.com thank you